Creativity Reframed is a series of really, really interesting and big, thoughtful conversations with a whole myriad of different types of creative and business leaders. And all of it is really to explore what is the role of creativity in problem solving as we come through um, what's been obviously the biggest crisis globally um, in a generation. What we also know is that during these times of unprecedented change, there's a huge opportunity for innovation and for doing different things and experimenting. And really, that notion that necessity really is the mother of invention. I'm absolutely delighted to have Orla McGrath, um, who is the brand director at Urban Splash. Um, and we are going to be discussing all of that. But I think particularly one of the things that we also want to kind of explore is what is the role of female leadership in the mix of all of that creative bravery. So Orla, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolute Dawn. pleasure. Um, how are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Dawn. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Okay. So let's kind of jump straight in. So with obviously all of the change that's been happening over the last 18 months, Orla, what, what impact has that had on you uh, as both a business leader and I guess also on a, per, a personal level as well? Um, I, I think going back to what you said about necessity being the mother of invention, I obviously the pandemic was quite scary at the beginning and no one knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but the business's reaction and in fact the whole world's reaction, well, it surprisingly kind of filled me with hope at the same time. Um, I looked at how we were pivoting our working practices and we just did that overnight. We talked about addressing some of these things like flexible working, you know, as a country and as a business for a really long time. We had Microsoft Teams on our computers, but we weren't using it properly. Yeah. Um, we were all complaining about costly travel and how much a train ticket to London costs for a meeting how much of our time that ate up if you didn't get a decent seat on the train. We were talking about commuting and how much it was polluting the atmosphere and how long it was taking us every day. And I actually at times felt really frustrated because I felt like there were solutions there, but as a country, we weren't always prepared to grasp them. So we grasped those opportunities overnight and we adapted so quickly and that was really, really inspiring. And yeah. I just think there's a massive lesson there for businesses mm. that there are loads of outdated practices there are loads of ways of thinking there's loads of ways of working that aren't serving us and they're not serving our staff and on a personal level Ola how have you tried to kind of manage yourself through all of this um <laughs> is that still a work in progress <laughs> Still a work in progress. I think it's been really, really challenging. And I think I fared really well for probably the first six to eight months. Yeah. We were all um, embracing the change. We were finding new ways of working and we were hopeful for the future and for coming out of this. I think as it went on and we realized that we weren't going back to the yeah. old way of doing things, things became more challenging. And yeah. now we're dealing with that sort of um, tentative opening back up. There are new challenges again. Yeah. So it, it, it has been very challenging, I think, um, for women, probably in particular with the challenges of childcare and all yeah. the other been put on us. This has been a it's been a really difficult period of time, but we've just got to keep adapting and changing and um, see what we can take from it, I suppose. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you touch on and, and we're in it right now, actually, in the UK, certainly of almost that constant state of stop start 
of you yeah. think things are okay and then they get bad again you think things are okay and it's that kind of massive being able to manage that ambiguity isn't it which I think is is such a massive leadership challenge isn't it and then as you say you layer in some of the massive challenges that women have got in terms of childcare, you know which employers are enabling flexible working which ones are going to go back to legacy styles of working there's that emotional burden that all the women are carrying as well yeah. you know all the, they call it the emotional labor isn't it that we're yeah. you know you're thinking about the family and you're worrying about their education and you're worrying about all and even with your teams so um i think as a female leader you're often drawn on more to help with the emotional issues that your team might be having as well and the things that they want to talk about and the struggles that they're having yeah for sure and then of course the other piece i guess linked to this as well is the whole kind of burnout issue mm -hmm. because because obviously the beautiful democratization of we're always on and everybody's contactable all the time i've spoken to so many other kind of female business leaders that are really really struggling with that notion of can you just give me a bit of time to myself i'm not constantly available which is yeah. quite, which is a massive challenge right now isn't it yeah and if you're not being constantly available at work you're available to someone at home and you're available yeah. to your colleagues on a personal level and uh, yeah it, and everyone's having these challenges all the time so it yeah it feels like quite a draining situation I think people are yeah um, pouring from empty cups everywhere yeah so I guess kind of flowing out of all of that kind of challenge Orla mm -hmm. kind of curious to understand how have you been able to kind of harness, kind of double down and use all of that kind of creative bravery that you've got within you um, mm -hmm. to kind of help navigate through all of that? Have there been any kind of things that you've done that have kind of mm -hmm. helped you make sense of all the madness? Um, uh, there are two types of creatives, aren't there? There's the creatives who are using creativity and expressive and, and expressing themselves and there are creative problem solvers. And I think as a team and personally, I come at everything from a problem solving perspective. Yeah. Um, so creativity is very, very useful to me in that way, you know, where a lot of people might have wondered how to navigate the last year or year and a half. I've always, I'm always searching for solutions and thinking that there might be another, a better way of doing this. I guess at times that's a little bit exhausting as well because I'm taking on other people's problems as well. Yeah. And I can see that within the business that you might go, oh, as a business, we should be doing this. And you're jumping in and trying to, you know, constantly sort of point everybody in the right direction. And that's just the way creative people are. Um, but yeah, uh, I think creative people were always well positioned through this to adapt and to embrace change, probably more so than other parts of society, because we were used to just going, I can see a solution to that. I think there's a better way. I think there's a way that we can do that. And are there any kind of specific examples all of where you kind of almost reflect back on the last 18 months and go, oh, well, we did this, which was particularly interesting as, as almost one of those examples of that problem solving. Um, one example, I actually, I think this is really funny in a way, because when we went into lockdown, we realized that we couldn't meet our customers anymore and we sell property. Yeah. And we sell um, quite different and modern homes and people really do need to see a home. It's generally not an online interaction. Yeah. So thought, People can't see the homes and we can't see them. What are we going to do? And we were probably one of the very first companies to have a fully online and personalized interactive sales platform up and running. 
and we won loads of awards for it. And everybody like, oh, look, you've got this platform up and running in no time at all with these 360 degree tours of all the homes. And it's really slick and it's interactive. And so every single home we sold through lockdown was initiated through that platform. And that idea came from just sitting in a room with a couple of people going, oh my God, what are we going to do? We can't see our customers. We can't just shut down the business for the next six months. And then we were like, hey, we've got this piece of technology over here. And if we repurposed that and just added this in, yeah. that would work perfectly. So what appeared to the outside world probably is this expensive whiz-bang, new lovely piece of technology was actually something that we repurposed and just got out there overnight. And we won loads of awards for it. It was actually something that was sitting on the shelf already. And then the million dollar question on that then, Ola, is in, in whatever our new normal is now that we're moving into, because that's a really great example, isn't it, of that kind of blended physical, yeah. digital, some might say digital, it always makes me laugh as a word. Um, will, will that particular piece of technology, will that still remain a part of your proposition as we move into the next stage of where the world's moving to? Absolutely. So we found yeah. that some people maybe don't want to travel and maybe want yeah. to see a little bit before they make that commitment. To come yeah. So we can do it that way. Um, we've sold quite a few homes to people in Hong Kong recently because of them wanting to repatriate to the UK and we could take them through this more personalised and in-depth experience online as well. It's staying with us. It's a Perfect. great solution that we probably <laughs> wouldn't have thought of if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Yeah. And, and if we kind of kind of look back to thinking about kind of kind of female leaders and what women have been doing, because obviously it's been well documented that, you know, this has definitely been a defining moment in terms of the role of female leadership. I'm always really interested to hear kind of is there is there anyone in particular that stood out to you? I mean, yeah, it, it is pretty incredible how female leadership has shown in this pandemic and it's been beautiful to watch it actually and we all know that statistically the countries with the female leaders have fared better and yeah. that's not just in terms of the health outcomes but it is economically as well yeah and we've seen how those things go hand in hand and people have talked about those things for a long time how yeah. happy staff equal more productive staff but it's like we've always refused to believe it and how health outcomes and a happier happier people actually will produce a better 100% why yeah. have we refused to grasp this? And that is probably because a certain kind of leadership find that quite difficult to accept. So obviously, you know, we can't not mention Jacinda Ardern and how well she has done in New Zealand and how inspiring that has been. Um, but I'm very inspired by Mary Portis, who runs the Portis Agency. Sure, yeah. Um, I used to be very into fashion. I worked with the British Fashion Council for a while and... I'd followed her from when she was Mary Queen of Shops and working at Harvey Nichols and working at Topshop. Yeah. I thought the level of ability to put herself into the customer's shoes to help other businesses at that time yeah. was amazing. And she'd just walk in and she'd go, she'd see the things that they couldn't see and help them in that way. And then during the pandemic, she released her second book, which was Rebuild. And it's um, how to thrive in the kindness economy. Right. And everything she said, you know, was very, very influenced by the pandemic and very influenced by the changes coming um, through society, through millennials and Gen Z, that are just all reflected back to our business and where we are. And I think Urban Splash as a business has, she talked a lot about businesses focusing, focusing on physics instead of chemistry. So focusing on 
how fast, how cheap, how big, how quick. Yeah. I'm not thinking about the chemistry, not thinking about the relationship and the magic and the things that really make customers and fans feel stable. Yeah. Absolutely. I absolutely love that analogy. And, and that kind of segues really, Paula, into my kind of last question, actually, which is, is a little bit around brand behavior overall kind of, you know, coming through all of this. Um, I guess it's, it's a big question, this really, but how do you kind of think marketing and brand is, is going to kind of evolve as we kind of come through this whatever brand you are and whatever your values are and even if that is that you're boohoo and you're fast fashion you've got to be very very honest yeah and, and that that's my thing about brand it's like you be true to yourself people will see through it and if people don't see through it social media will uncover you or the press will uncover you so don't pretend to be anything that you're not and greenwashing art washing all these things you know, you've got to be really, really careful about that. You've got to be genuine in your values. So choose your values really wisely and customers will become fans and they'll follow you. So that's something that came out of this for me, that social media is such a strong um, voice. We're global citizens now. Brand is very, very pivotal to Urban Splash because we're mm. a slightly more premium product. You might, you might be looking at a three-bed house with us and a three-bed house with someone else and wondering why ours was a little bit more. So our brand story is have been so critical we no. have to tell people we've used world-class architects who are 12 times architect of the year and have riba awards we have to make sure that they know that we're using green technology that's better for the planet all those things about sustainable communities and sustainable buildings and sustaining the planet are built into what we do and if we don't tell that story nobody understands why this house costs 20 grand more than this house we so, don't want to operate as a commodity we want to build better homes and the more sustainable communities so to yeah. do that we have to price in our values yeah and i think that that's what brands can learn through this that there's, there's value in pricing in your values and you'll do better as a business with that sure and are there any brand other brands out there all of that you think wow those guys have kind of behaved brilliantly through this and, and might therefore be even more well loved by consumers coming through the other side just off the top of my head you know there are ones who there are small brands who pivoted to make your hand sanitizer and stuff and yeah. like did gin that yeah. really inspired people and just yeah. went you know they put their own needs aside and did the global citizen thing and and did what the community needed but then there were there were also brands that have just done so badly and yeah. I can't help but think how Facebook and their inability to get on top of the anti-vax and the conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. They're leaving Facebook controls, and I can't help but see that the millennials and Gen Z are seeing things like that and just going, well, that's against my values, and I don't want to be seen as the lunatic who believes that, so I leave that platform. So, it, it, But I guess all of it kind of comes back to, it's that kind of thing, isn't it, of, you know, it's like the kind of the death of the dinosaurs, isn't it, of, you know, it's the, the more nimble ones, the agile ones that are able to adapt and almost kind of grow through an experience like this. And I think some of the maybe more legacy organizations are the ones that are going to be the most deeply challenged, I yeah. guess, through all of this. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a historical case study in years to come. People and, um, my, my husband's a history teacher and he keeps on saying to me, we're living through a moment in time. People are going to be, you know, learning and reading about what we have kind of will have as a lived experience, which mm -hmm. is... Yeah, it's kind of quite deep, isn't it, really? 
Well, listen, I think we have covered everything that I wanted to kind of get your view on, Orla. So it's been an absolute pleasure um, to chat to you and kind of just hear some kind of lovely tips, advice, kind of your own kind of thoughts and insights, really. So um, good luck with everything. And, um, and I will see you soon.